Thank you, Pastor Hassan. Jason. Good morning, good news. You guys are looking fantastic. I don't know who he's saying that I gained some weight. None of you gain any weight. Because if you share, the, this, uh, the calories don't count. So I'm going to say uh, just one brief thing to the guys in the room right now. Uh, none of you are allowed or have permission to tease Pastor Jason concerning his college football team, okay? None of you do. None of you do because he doesn't give, uh, he doesn't give it out to, to us, um, especially if you're a Husker fan. You definitely have no right to tease him, okay? You guys know what I'm talking about. So love you. All right, so there, there's one thing I want to do before we take off here uh, real quick, and it is to pray. I know normally you guys, we get it all in a routine, and I, we ask you to stand, we read the scriptures, and we pray. I'll change it up on you a little bit. So if you will please stand, we're going to pray first, and then remain standing after I pray, and we will read together. God, I thank you so much. For your people. I thank you, God, for what you have done in their lives. I thank you, Lord, that you have delivered them, that you have equipped them by your spirit, that you have empowered them. I thank you, God, because you do not see them as they see themselves, that you see them as sons and daughters of the Most High God, that you see, see them as anointed and appointed, appointed. God, I thank you so much but that by your spirit we are able to do that which you have called us to do. God, and right now I pray. For your people in this room, under the sound of my voice, I pray, God, that their ears may be open to receive that which your spirit has to say specifically and directly to each and every one of them. I pray, God, that you may be exalted in this place and we come against anything, anything that may want to exalt itself against the knowledge of Christ in their own personal lives and in this place, God. We give you the glory and we give you the honor in Jesus' name and we say amen. amen. All right. Praise God. So we're going to read out of Romans chapter 15 today, and we're going to read verse 4 and then jump to verse 8 and read uh, all the way to 13. So let's read. Romans 15, uh, chapter 15, verse 4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Verse 8. Remember that Christ came as a servant to the Jews to show that God is true to the promises he made to the ancestors. He also came so that the Gentiles, that's you and me, might give glory to God for his mercies to them. That is what the psalmist meant when he wrote, For this I will praise you among the Gentiles. I will sing praises to your name. And in another place, it is written, rejoice with his people, you Gentiles. And yet again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Praise him, all you people of the earth. And in another place, Isaiah said, the heir of David's to David's throne will come. And he will rule over the Gentiles. They will place their hope on him. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. All right, you may be seated. So today we begin a series simply called hope. One word, hope. Four letters in that word, H-O-P-E, right? It's a very known, very much known word to us in the English language and whatever language you, may be your, your native tongue, perhaps is the same way. But in our context, the word hope normally means a wish, right? Like you wish that something will happen. For example, how many of you have said before, I hope it doesn't snow that much, right? No, I hope I get the job. Or, or I hope that my kids serve the Lord when they're old enough to make their own decisions, right? Or more recently, I hope that the Huskers would win. The word hope in our context right now is based on an outcome. It's based on a situation coming out the way we want it. It's based on our own desires, right? Say yes. Okay. But biblical hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its focus, the focus on biblical hope is his faithfulness. And I want you to, to, to really think about that for a moment, but more importantly, to remind you that it's not about the outcome, but about the person, okay? We have a quick video that we're going to show you, and I want you to think of, to, to take a look at it. There's a lot of information, and the reason why I chose to show you this video is because it provides a lot of context to the biblical meaning of the word hope in the Old and the New Testament. But I specifically want you to look at when it talks about the New Testament mindset of the word hope, which is probably three-quarters of, of the way of the video. So take a look. So let's say you want to describe the feeling of anticipating a future that's better than the present. You might be giddy or excited or maybe unsure, but most of us know that experience. We call it hope. It's a state of anticipation and it's crucial for healthy human existence. And it's a really important concept in the Bible. In fact, there are many words for hope in the ancient languages of the Bible and they're all fascinating. In the Old Testament, there are two main Hebrew words translated as hope. The first is yachal, which means simply to wait for. Like in the story of Noah and the ark, as the flood waters recede, Noah had to yachal for weeks. The other Hebrew word is kava, which also means to wait. It's related to the Hebrew word kav, which means cord. When you pull a kav tight, you produce a state of tension until there's release. That's kava the feeling of tension and expectation while you wait for something to happen. The prophet Isaiah depicts God as a farmer who plants vines and kavahs for good grapes. Or the prophet Micah talks about farmers who both kavah and yachal for morning dew to give moisture to the land. So in biblical Hebrew, hope is about waiting or expectation. But waiting for what? In the period of Israel's prophets, as the nation was sinking into self-destruction, Isaiah said, at this moment, the Lord's hiding his face from Israel, so I will kavah for him. The only hope Isaiah had in those dark days was the hope for God himself. You find the same notion of hope all over the book of Psalms, where these words appear over 40 times. In almost every case, what people are waiting for is God. 
Like in Psalm 130, the poet cries out from a pit of despair, I kavah for the Lord, let Israel yachal for the Lord, because he's loyal and will redeem Israel from its sins. Biblical hope is based on a person, which makes it different from optimism. Optimism is about choosing to see, in any situation, how circumstances could work out for the best. But biblical hope is not focused on circumstances. In fact, hopeful people in the Bible often recognize there's no evidence things will get better, but you choose hope anyway. Like the prophet Hosea, he lived in a dark time when Israel was being oppressed by foreign empires, and he chose hope when he said God could turn this valley of trouble into a door of hope, like the day when Israel came up from the land of Egypt. God had surprised his people with redemption back in the days of the Exodus, and he could do so again. So it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. It's like the poet of Psalm 39 who says, And now, O Lord, what else can I kavah for? You are my yachal. In the New Testament, the earliest followers of Jesus cultivated the similar habit of hope. They believed that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was God's surprising response to our slavery to evil and death. The empty tomb opened up a new door of hope, and they used the Greek word elpis to describe this anticipation. The apostle Peter said that Jesus' resurrection opened up a living hope, that people can be reborn, to become new and different kinds of humans. More than once, the Apostle Paul says the good news about Jesus announces the El Peace of glory. In both cases, this El Peace is based on a person, the risen Jesus, who has overcome death. So Christian hope is bold, waiting for humanity and the whole universe to be rescued from evil and death. And some would say it's crazy, and maybe it is. But biblical hope isn't optimism based on the odds. It's a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that's as surprising as a crucified man rising from the dead. Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward. And so we wait. That's what the biblical words for hope are all about. Did you catch it? Did you catch how different their description and definition for the word hope is than ours. And then the New Testament, El Piso or El Pizzo, is, it actually means hopefully to wait for. They said this, this statement in the video, and uh, the guys in um, the Bible Project did an amazing job, and you could go online and, and look at it if you want to uh, look at it in more detail. <clears throat> they said is this, it is God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. And they said this, we look forward by looking backwards, trusting in nothing more than in God's character. So we look forward by looking backwards, trusting in nothing more than in God's character. Around here in our, in our preaching team meetings, we call that having history with God. Having history with God. And so... What does that mean? That means that some of you in this room have been through stuff and that you have seen God come through, that you have experienced the faithfulness of God and you have experienced his promises being fulfilled. So you have history with God. Amen? Amen. Now, some of you in this room may say, well, I don't really have history with God. Well, that's phenomenal. You know why? Because then if you don't have history with God, he's inviting you. He's inviting you to discover his faithfulness. He's inviting you to have history with him. 
to walk with him and to know him. There was a, as, as I was preparing for this message, <clears throat> there was a, something came to my mind, and, and I, I trust that it's from, from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit. But I remember before I was even, I was even saved, because I was asking questions about the Bible, and this older gentleman that I worked with, and he said that an acrostic for Bible, B-I-B-L-E, was uh, basic instructions before leaving earth, right? And I thought that was super cool. I didn't even believe in that, but um, it has stuck in my head. And so as I was preparing, the, word, the Lord gave me, I feel it was the Lord, gave me this acrostic for hope. And it is this. He offers possibilities every day. He offers possibilities every day. And maybe that's for some of you in this room. So what does that even mean? Well, we choose to trust in God. We choose to hope in Christ, right? There are possibilities. And he offers them to us. But now it's our choice every day to choose either what he has to offer or what a situation or others have to offer, right? So... Then we go into the text, and we're going to get back into our text in, in chapter 15 of the book of Romans. And I want to give you three points, very foundational points on where hope comes from. The first point is hope. God is hope. God is hope. And we, we were singing earlier that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. You guys remember that? Yes, God is hope. Listen to what Paul said in, in chapter 15 of Romans, verse 13. I pray that God, the source of hope, the source of hope. Webster Dictionary defines a source as a generative force or a point of origin. What does that mean? That means that if there is a source of electricity, the electricity originates from that point, right? So if God is the source of hope, that means that hope comes from God. That it originates from God himself. This is very, very important because as we think about the word el pizzo, for example, the New Testament um, word, Greek word for hope, it means hopefully trust in, to hopefully trust in. Understanding that God is hope is very important to hear what, what, uh, what Paul says. He says in verse 13 that I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Because you trust in him. So this is key to us being able to have hope. Do you want to have joy? Do you want to have peace? Trusting him, right? Do you want to have hope? What do you guys think I'm going to say next? Say it louder. Yes. Hope is generated from God. And hope is to trust in God. I got a very simple equation. For you, you guys to remember this. No, no trust equals no hope. That's simple. No trust equals no hope. 
So if you can't trust in God, if you do not trust in him and his character and who he is, then you will have no hope because God is a source of hope. Does that make sense? The source of hope is not, cannot be our desires. Our source of hope cannot be a preferred outcome. Think about this for a moment. Think about a situation right now in your life. Think about a situation when you really may feel like you lack hope. That you're having perhaps difficulty trusting God in. Think about that situation. I know that some of you have it in your mind. Now I want us to do something together. And it's say this phrase. I choose to trust you, Lord. Can we say it out loud? I choose to trust you, Lord, in that situation. Because Christian hope is a choice in tr to trust in God's character and his faithfulness. God's character can be trusted. And it's very interesting because as we were discussing hope in our preaching team meeting, uh, someone from our team said this. It said, um, what about people that do not have the right view or the right knowledge of the character of God? That's a really powerful question. Because as I understand it, there's some of you that perhaps do not have the right view of God's character. You don't have the right knowledge of the, God's character because perhaps you don't have the history, right? You don't have history with God. So it's very difficult if you have not seen God do some things to actually trust in God's character or know his character. Well, just remember this one thing, though, that just because you have not experienced something doesn't mean that that thing is not true. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So I'm going to say this, for example. I could be, I could say, well... God is not a provider, right, Jason? He's not a provider. And to me, he's never been my provider. But then he will argue and say, no, 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 my friend. I remember when. You get what I'm saying? So just the fact that I have not experienced him as my provider, which I have, but it's just an example. Just because I have not experienced him in that way doesn't mean that his character is not to be a provider. You get what I'm saying? So someone may argue, well, Raphael, like God cannot transform people. And I say, hello. No, you're wrong. Because I know that it's in his nature, it's in his, in his character to transform people because he did it for me. So building history with God is very, very important. And putting ourselves among people who have history with God that may perhaps help us to see things that we cannot see, very, very important. All right, trusting God positions us for hope. I want you to think about that. Trusting God positions us for hope. Paul quotes the prophet Isaiah when Isaiah wrote in, in chapter 11 of, of uh, Isaiah 11.10. And Paul says this in verse 12 of Romans 13, uh, 15. He says, and in another place, Isaiah said, the heir to David's throne will come. That's Jesus. And he will rule over the Gentiles. That's you and I. They will place their hope on him. This right here had absolutely nothing to do with my message, but I thought it was super cool. So I was going to share it with you anyway. 
Because I read and I said, whoa, wait a minute. So the prophet Isaiah years ago said that the Gentiles, meaning you and I, were going to praise and place our hope on David's heir to the throne, which is Jesus. So they, so get this, Isaiah prophesied that you and I were placing our hope in Jesus. So you are fulfillment to the promise, to the, faith, to, to the prophecy. You get what I'm saying? So say, I am fulfillment to the, prom- to the prophecy. You are fulfillment. That is super awesome. Because God already knew years and years and years ago that you will be placing your hope in Jesus. That is mind-blowing to me. All right, so we, th- we talked about point number one. God is hope. So now let's look at our second point here, which is Holy Spirit gives us hope. Holy Spirit gives us hope. Look at verse 13 again. When Paul says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You will overflow with confident hope. I love it because this is when Holy Spirit comes in. This is where Holy Spirit comes in. See, in the video, they talked about a word in the Old Testament for hope, and it's kava. So kava means to wait, right? Very simple, just to wait, or it means to look eagerly for also. But there's a root word, kah, and kav for kava means a cord. And kava depicts this tension, like a cord being pulled. And there's a lot of tension, like it's almost breaking. And then when it breaks, it's kava, right? So why is this important? Because how many of you that there know that there is tension in the waiting? Let me see your hands. I know there's a whole lot of fast food people in here. And what I mean is, we like things to happen quick. So if God says something, we expect it to happen today. So there's a tension in the waiting. Wait on God. When the Bible talks about wait on God, it's hope in God or trust in God. Same thing. And I don't like to wait. I'm the dude, the light light turns green right now and I'm hunking at you because you need to move. (laughs) Why did I say that? (laughs) But listen to what, what Paul says. We will overflow with confident hope through the power of Holy Spirit. If you are a believer, a disciple of Jesus Christ, which means a learner, you cannot afford to do this without him. You cannot have confident hope without the Spirit of God in you and you allowing him to say things that you perhaps don't want to hear. See, to meet tension, this tension in the waiting is like pain. There's a purpose to pain. So in our bodies, when we feel pain, we understand that, uh uh-oh, there's something wrong. I must pay attention to this. Perhaps I need to do something about it, right? The tension in waiting lets me know, uh uh-oh, I need to talk to the Lord. I need to listen 
to what Holy Spirit is saying. I need to partner with heaven in this situation that may seem hopeless. But since God is my source of hope, I will trust in him. I choose to trust in him in the waiting. Confident hope. I tell them, my boys, when they're playing sports, I, I say this, this uh, three letters, CPD. And I yell it out, CPD! They know what I'm saying, but the rest of the parents around me are like, what in the world? He's speaking in tongues. Well, um, CPD means confident, powerful, dangerous. My wife doesn't like the last word, but I'll explain to you just briefly. So... Um, the reason why I say those three words is because I want them to have a connection to what I want them to be thinking. And in a spiritual walk, it's the same way. CPD, I, I want you to be confident that God is faithful. I want you to be confident the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you, you have a power of God in you to be able to withstand the stretching and the waiting. I want you to be powerful with the spirit of God inside of you. And I want you to be dangerous. I want you to create some havoc in the kingdom of the enemy, in the enemy's camp. You get what I'm saying? Because it is when you stand trusting God that then the enemy begins to worry. Because Holy Spirit gives us that confident hope. See, it is not about... Placing your trust in your spouse or your trust in your kids or your trust in your job and your trust in your finances or your trust in this church or your trust in your pastor. Because let me tell you what, if you place your trust, your hope on any one of those things, you will be hopeless. Why? Because those things can change at the drop of a dime. But there is one that's never changing. There's one that's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that is Jesus Christ. So that's where we place our hope. And Holy Spirit helps us and reminds us of that. See, uh, in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, Paul says this. We can rejoice too when we run into into problems and trials. <laughs> that doesn't make sense in the American church. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Our confident hope of salvation. See, the first time I read this, I did not quite understand it. But as I was reading and studying on hope... I'm reminded of how looking back on my confident hope of salvation creates hope inside of me for the future. You know why? Because I was a huge mess when I gave my life to Jesus. So Holy Spirit will remind me when I find myself in a hopeless situation or in a hopeless state of mind too, because we get there too, right? The, the Holy Spirit will remind me and say, hey, Raphael, hold on a minute. Remember when? Remember how messed up you were. Remember what a sinner you were. Remember how you love your sin. Look at you now. That is the confident hope of my salvation. 
And when I think of that, and Holy Spirit reminds me of that, I think of my history with God. There are many of you in this room right now that you remember when, right? So don't let Satan lie to you and tell you that you don't have history with God. Or don't let Satan lie to you and say, well, this is hopeless. But may look that way, but I choose to place my hope in Jesus and look at what he did in my life. I'm not where I should be, but I'm not who I used to be. Amen? Praise God. All right. Point number three. So we went through number one was God is hope. Number two is Holy Spirit gives us hope. Number three is the Bible gives us hope. Listen to what Paul wrote in chapter 15, verse 4 of Romans. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. You need hope? Read the Bible. You need encouragement. What am I going to say? Read the Bible. That's right. So that's pretty easy, right? Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. See, because it's the, it's the same thing with prayer. And I found that, this out early in my walk. I could be watching the most horrendous movie before I came to be with, because I, before I came to know Christ, and I will never fall asleep, no matter how tired I was. But here I am. I gave my life to Jesus. I'm trying to pray, and <sighs> I try to read the Bible. And <sighs> Why does this happen? Why is it so hard? Well, you have an enemy. So you have some, that means that you have some opposition. That is someone that does not want you to have hope and be encouraged. There's someone that wants you to place your hope in your spouse or in your kids or in your job or in this church or whatever else. As long as it's not in the word of God, as long as it's not in Jesus, as long as you don't find out that hope is in him alone. That's why it's so difficult. Because he will help you load up that plate of yours with all kinds of junk. Yeah, like the kids. Fill it up with cookies. Yeah, the pie. Oh, that's so awesome. We're so great. And then you feel like, oh, my goodness, what did I do? So I'm here to say, create some room on the plate. Oh, I don't have time. Well, guess what? We all have the same 24 hours. But we all manage it differently. And I love you. I know it's hard. And it's hard for me as well. There's so many things come competing for our attention, especially our time with God. I want to share a couple of stories with you, brief stories of people on our team, how the Bible has helped them have hope. And these are people that you know. These are not people somewhere else in another church and in a distant land. They're right here, part of our family. So listen to this. Sarah said this, choosing hope is very important to me. In my anxiety, I have to choose hope. Reading Psalms every day has helped me to choose hope. It is not a one-time thing. It is not a one-time thing. She says, I choose hope. 
And what does she do? She reads Psalms every day. You know why this is important? Because in our culture, if I go to the gym three times this week for the first time in years and I eat healthy five days during the week, I expect to see 10 pounds of the scale. Right? Instant gratification. It has to happen now. So if I read the Bible one time and I don't get anything from it, guess what? Then it's not working. I heard a wise man say one time, anybody can do something one time. But the payoff, the reward is in being consistent in what God is asking us to do. And that's what Sarah's saying. She's saying, because of where I, make my, where I put myself at in my head, I need to do this daily. All right, so listen to another story here from Susie. Susie said this, for several years, the word hope and I did not get along. I was going through a really difficult time and someone was always trying to encourage me and tell me that I just need to have hope. Every time someone said it, it was just, it would just leave me mad and frustrated. It felt like Christian cliche to me. Empty words. No matter how much I would try to have hope, stuff never got better. I didn't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. This past winter, as I was going through a rough time again, I was confronted with the word hope again, and I was sick of it. So I went to God and told him exactly how I felt about hope. Over the next few days, God began to show me through the scriptures that the reason hope wasn't working for me was because the object of my hope was wrong. I was looking for circumstances to change or people to change, but that isn't where my hope should be. She says that the Lord showed her Psalm 33, verse 20 to 22. If you guys would put that scripture up. Look at this. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice. For we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. See that verse, uh, those verses right there? Some of you need to write those in sticky notes and put them on your fridge. Put them in your mirror, in your car, in your microwave, wherever, on your computer. Wherever you're going to see it. Put it everywhere to remind yourself that you are choosing to place your hope in the Lord and nothing else. In his holy name. Because the name of God means so many different things. Very important. All right. Susie did one thing, and this is where it begins. She said that she was sick of it. People telling her to have hope. She said, so I went to God. I went to God. And I was talking to him and telling him exactly how I felt. Perhaps you're here today and you're thinking, man, I'm hopeless. I, I, don't, I don't have hope in this situation. And you were thinking about that situation just a little while ago. 
But now you can make a choice. Now you can make a choice and choose to trust in him and tell him exactly how you feel. He already knows. Please stand. I want to encourage you. Today is December 1st. Don't wait until January 1st to try to have a New Year's resolution. Okay? Begin today. You say, okay, I'm going to read one song. Some of you have the Bible app. Many of you do. The U version. They have a, a reading plan for Psalms in there. They have several. You can do it. And you can choose a friend to share it with for accountability. But begin today. And do it for the next 31 days. Whether it's just a few verses. Whether it's a whole one. Whether you read five of them. I don't care. God doesn't care. But let the word of God transform your mind and how you think. This moment, I'm, I want to... Carissa and the team are going to lead us into that song again. Hope has a name. And I want you to hear those lyrics again. And I come right back up. <laughs> 